This is episode 26 with Brett Eaton. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer turned personal trainer and coach. Each week, it is my goal to bring you a unique story of an elite athlete's mindset to help you unlock and discover your life's potential. Today, I had the chance to sit down with performance coach and professional motivator, Brett. Now a founder of the brand and movement motivated by Brett, Brett helps his clients operate at 100% of all aspects of their lives. He shares a wealth of knowledge on how to get started and little tricks everyone can use to start seeing their lives improve today. I'm grateful he took the time to swing on by, so without further ado, please welcome on Brett. Diving into things here. Thanks for coming out. Thank you. Um, Give us a little bit about your background, kind of on what you do. You just touched on that. Yeah. um, And how did the Motivated by Brett brand come about? Absolutely. So it's kind of funny. The the Motivated by Brett brand, I don't want to say started by accident because it was kind of what I set out to do. But... I think Motivated by Brett only happened because all of the other names I wanted for websites and stuff were taken. So I was like, okay, what else do I do? It was going to be body by this or fitness by something. But I'm so glad and none of those actually felt right until I landed on Motivated yeah. by Brett. And that one just sounded and felt right because I felt like that was what my true passion was, was motivating people. Not necessarily just getting them in shape, but it was really that motivational type of thing. But how that really started was I would say back probably about four years ago at this point, I was kind of in this path where I was, you know, working at a gym, you know, had a good job on paper, everything seemed fine. I just had this feeling of like, this is not what I was supposed to be doing. This feeling of like, uh, you know, almost unfulfillment. Mm-hmm. And and finally, I decided to make a couple changes. And and the, the motivation side came of it because I felt like I was really good at what I do. I was a personal trainer. I managed a gym, and I was motivating a lot of people. And I felt like. That was what I was really good at doing. It wasn't necessarily, you know, I knew the best exercises, I did this. I was just really good at getting people to do things beyond what they thought they could do. Mm -hmm. So, and I found myself struggling for motivation. I was like, why am I so motivated sometimes and then really not motivated sometimes? And then I'm like back and forth. So I kind of became obsessed with motivation and I just started to dive into research and reading books and listening to podcasts, people like Eric Thomas, Tony Robbins, you know, those type of people of really just diving into what motivates people how do they do it and how do they sustain it long term? So I kind of just dove in and then, you know, when I stepped away from the gym, I started this brand called Motivated by Brett. And it's a, you know, I, I, a lot of it is coaching. Um, when I first started, it was personal training as well. It was working with athletes. It was motivational. It was all of these different things to try to just get it to work. But now it's really kind of honed in and it's really just coaching um, with, with some speaking, motivational speaking on the side. Do you find that that initial start doing too many things at once was kind of hurting your own performance? It was, but it was also what got me able to leave my current job. I think a lot of people are feeling, you know, whoever may listening, maybe they're not feeling super fulfilled in their position Mm -hmm. and they want to make a change. But I think a lot of times, you know, my advice for people is be open to not just trading one for one. And a lot of people like, you know, if, and especially if you really are unhappy with what you're doing, a lot of people want to trade one one job they hate for like the perfect job. You may have to trade one job you hate for like five jobs that are okay. You know what I mean? And juggle a couple different hats, at least until you can narrow it down. And that's really what I did. I mean, I listed it out one time and I had nine things that I was getting income from. Now that sounds really great on paper, but not when they're all very, very, very part-time. Yeah. But then eventually got down to the, the, the thing that I really feel that I'm the best at and the thing that I 
like doing the most and that's really this coaching and you know whether it be uh, you know kind of a couple of my programs are you know for different tiers but it's just what I feel like I'm the best at and it's what fills me up. I feel like your original starting point is what a lot of fitness professionals feel like their lives are yes. because it's I teach three classes at this studio and yeah. I then I have to go across town into this studio and I train four clients and then I'm, I'm teaching Orange Theory at night and yes. then bash in the morning or what have you. Totally. Um, it's great that you were able to kind of rein it in and yeah. now you've kind of gone back. You're yes. coaching at Bash a little bit. Yeah, so I still do part-time coaching at a boxing okay. studio a couple hours a week. Uh, and that's really just, you know, when I set out there, I, I said that I wasn't even going, I, I didn't do that obviously for the money. I really did that. Um, and I kind of just said, I'm not even going to look at that. That's just going to be something I do yeah. because it's fulfilling and I like it. And honestly, it checks me every week. Every week I got to show up and 40 people walk into the room and I got to decide <laughs> what kind of experience they're going to have. So honestly, it keeps me bringing the energy that I want to bring day in and day out. I tell a lot of people, I've been approached at work sometimes or by members and they've been like, how do you keep this like yeah. persona? I was like, because you rely on me to have this persona. If you walk in that door and I'm That's down it. in the dumps, like, damn, like this happened at home or this yeah. is going on in my personal life. That's going to affect your workout. That's oh, not totally. what you're paying for. Totally. You got to bring that energy. And so it's good that you obviously bring the energy to everything you're doing here. When I had uh, when I was working at the gym and, and I had trainers that were under me and I was hiring them, I always said we have a rule. You know, you either have a good day or a great day when anybody asks you. You can have bad days, but that's not why the client's coming. It's your yeah. job to be motivational. It's your job to be inspirational. So again, the funny thing about that is, is I feel like all those years of preaching that kind of spilled into my life now where mm -hmm. I just convinced myself that I'm, you know, at the very least I'm having a good day. And almost you start to believe it and you know that whole fake it till you make it, you know, I think that works sometimes to the point where you just keep telling yourself, no, today's a good day, today's a good day. You end up realizing you have a lot of good days. Yeah. I think your background too, coming from living it yourself, yeah. makes it so much more digestible and yeah. you're so much more able to teach it to other people. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. you've lived it. And you're living now, through you're, it, exactly. You're this guy who you are now. Yeah. Um, what does the athletic mindset mean to you or an athletic mindset? Do you think that it can be translated to other aspects of your life beyond just sport? I absolutely think so. And, and I think there is a reason why, you know, 90% of CEOs have played sports at some point in their life or have played, you know, some kind of, been on some kind of team. And I think it's that mindset of, you know, when I hear an athlete, I always say like, once an athlete, always an athlete. You mm -hmm. know, I'm sure you've heard that line too. And I just think what that means is there's always this desire in us to get better. And as an athlete, you're never really just like, I'm good, I'm going to stay here. You know, you're always trying to get better, you're always yeah. trying to improve something. And I think when you think, when I think of the athletic mindset, I really think that passion to, co to constantly get better. And most importantly, I think about the word competition. And I think that there's so many different ways to compete. Uh, a lot of my clients come to me and they're like, well, I'm not really competitive. And what I found is that everybody's competitive. You just have to find out how. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, well, I don't, you know, the person next to me running on the treadmill doesn't really motivate me. And I'm like, well, I bet in school, if you would have gotten an F, would that have motivated? And they're like, oh my God, I never would have gotten an F. Yeah. So it's like they're motivational <laughs> against themselves or against the grade, but maybe just not against other people. That's okay. So we just have to tap into that self-motivation and try to you know, find that competition within themselves. Mm -hmm. I was about to say, I mean, there's always that constant battle of whether it's an extrinsic yes. motivational factor or it's intrinsic. Totally. And I think the challenge as coaches is just trying to find obviously what buttons to push to get the most out of whether it's your athletes your clients or or anyone in between anyone you come across if you can find that individual button oh yeah then 
you're you're good to go. That's it, because <laughs> everybody's got that button and just figures out how to push. And the best coaches, are, I think, are the ones that can figure that out pretty quickly mm-hmm. and then also understand that it's not just about telling people what to do. It's really about giving them the tools, arming them with the tools so that they can start to think and act differently. You hit the nail on the head. I yeah. feel like I have so many clients that in personal training space that originally see me. They're like, oh, I need you to like do this, this, and this for me and lay it all out for me. I'm like, okay, I will, but I'm also, I want to set my ultimate goal is to set you up with the tools yeah. where you do not need me. Totally. Totally. And they're like, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? Like, you're trying to just, like, get me in and out the yeah. door as quickly as possible. I'm like, no, but I want you to be self-sufficient totally. eventually. Totally. Because no one can afford, or totally. very few people can afford All, yeah. that service consistently yeah. for ever. And I think that's the right mindset to have as a trainer. The only unfortunate thing is, like, the industry, it's tough to, to do that, right? Yeah. It's like you want people to fire you. Just like I, when, I, when I help people, it's like, you know, I work with them for a minimum of three months, and I'm like, Ideally, you know, I, I do have people continue and sometimes it's because they have a new goal and something yeah. new to achieve. That's totally fine. But I don't want to be somebody's coach forever because that means that you're relying on me and we haven't given you the tools yeah. to be able to do it yourself. You want to help them. You don't want to be their crutch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Throughout everything. Exactly. Uh, now, obviously, being in the coaching space, you work with a variety of people, oftentimes very successful. Um, what would you say the most common area for improvement for your clients is? Most common area, I do think it's a lot what happens in our mind. I think it's a lot of it is mindset. Now, health is a, is a big thing. Some people come and you know they're like their health is okay and everything, but there is always room that we can improve our health. Whether it's nutrition, whether it's fitness, whether it's uh, you know sleep, hydration, like things like that that people don't always wrap into wellness. Uh, but sleep and hydration are two things I've di- I've you know dove really deep into as far as the why behind it, and it's it's super powerful stuff. But I would really say the thought process. A lot of people who come to me, you know, have this all in or all out mentality, which a lot of people have. They're either rocking and rolling and everything's going great, miss a couple of days, maybe a weekend comes and all of a sudden it all falls apart. Yeah. So it's getting them back on the on the path of realizing that, you know, and I have kind of adopted this saying that you you don't have to win every day and and in the reality is you're not going to win every day. But you only need to win 4 days of 7 to win the week. And, you know, my, my kind of this saying is like, win the week, win the week. And that just means that you're not going to win every day. And it's getting them over that mindset of like, you're going to make mistakes and it's okay. And it's all about like, you know, talking to yourself positively, you know, not beating yourself up for a bad weekend. Um, you know, we ate something we didn't want to eat or we, you know, we had a weak moment. Those things are going to happen. Those are okay. Even the best people have that. But it's getting over that mindset of realizing like, wait a minute. No, I've put in months of work. One bad weekend is not going to change that, you know, or I'm going to, you know, I worked my butt off this weekend. I had pizza. That's not going to change the world, you know, yeah. and it's getting them over that. And all of a sudden, I think they start to realize that they don't have to be all in or out. They can have this life balance where they can still be working hard towards what they want, but understanding that they're human at the same time. I was about to say, how you view downfalls, I feel like makes all the difference. Big time. Um, Big time. Because it can, I've touched on this with people, it can cascade into more bad decisions. Yes. Or you can just... Um, compartmentalize it and just yes. put it off to the side and be like, look, that happened. Big time. I can't go back and not eat that pizza that I had at yes. 3 a.m. Yes. coming home from the bars. Yes. What, what I can do now is just get back on track today, tomorrow, and those little wins are just going to start going. Absolutely. Um, you know the guy on Shark Tank, Robert Hershevik? I believe so. I okay. saw him speak one time and he said this line that's like always stuck with me. And it's just, he said, successful people don't allow themselves to have two bad days. 
And, and I think that there's so much power in that. I know yeah. it seems simple, but it's that power of like when you have a bad day or you take an L or the day just like kicked your butt, <laughs> it's not going to bed and being like, oh man, like tomorrow's probably going to suck also. It's like you have to have that mindset that like I'm going to win tomorrow. Yeah. Like I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I get a W tomorrow. And if you realize that, then you're just not, you're not, you're not going to have days that go by, weeks that go by. And for some people, years that go by where they're yeah. just losing. You get rid of that funk. Yeah, you got to get out of that funk as quick as possible because, um, man, it stays on you. But that's always, obviously, the, the challenge and challenge. why like yes. your profession exists. Yes, exactly right. Um, without spilling too much of your, your process yeah. and your technique, kind of how do you go about getting people started? Um, what's like an, a normal assessment look like? And yeah. And where do you go from there? So I have this thing called a life inventory document. And that's the first thing all my clients fill out. And what that is, is I know a lot of people know where they want to go. Most people call me and they, they like, they have a goal in mind or they're calling me for a reason. Hey, I really want to work on this or, Hey, I'm stuck here. But what we do right away, which I feel like a lot of people could benefit, whether you're an athlete, whether you're anybody is find out where you are. Mm -hmm. Find out where you are right now. And I, I use the example of like when you go to the mall and you look at the directory and you're trying to find like, I don't know, like you're trying to find the, the store, the Foot Locker. Yeah. You need to know where you are to even get there. Like you, you need to know where the store is, but you got to know where you are first. And I think that that's really the biggest thing is find out where you are. And, and I ask a lot of tough questions on there. I ask people, you know, what has held you back in the past? You know, what, are you, what is your biggest negative self-talk? Um, you know, really diving into these questions. That helps me do my job a lot better with working with that person and it also puts us on the same page. It's like, hey, this is your goal, but why is it important to you? You know, how long have you been working on it? Um, what has held you back in the past from really tapping into it? So these hard questions allow us to get on the same page and make mm -hmm. sure that we move forward. But I think that is one of the most important things that a lot of people don't do when it comes to setting a goal. They're like, I want to get there, but they don't really realize where they are yet. I think taking that time initially to really assess your current situation yes. is huge. Yes. I don't know if you read Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. I haven't, not yet. Definitely highly recommend, yes. especially to everyone out there. Yes. Um, one of my biggest takeaways that I started implementing was from that book was he talks about an accountability mirror. Hmm. And he suggests that you write like three or four sticky notes on like brutally honest yeah, like real stuff about your life that you're not happy with. Put that on a sticky note. Put that on your mirror. And every single day you, you see that, that and you're like, look, I'm held accountable because I'm looking at this. Mm, I did I something similar yeah. in my swimming days. I would type out my goal times for the end of the season. Okay. And they would be posted in three major places. Um, they would be above all on my ceiling okay every time so you every time down. i woke up i, I looked up and i saw okay this is what i'm working towards they'd yeah. be in the bathroom um on the mirror there so every time i like brush my teeth boom reaffirmed i like that and then on the door um I like that. on the way in and out i like that and just that constant kind of reminder that refresher of this is what you're working towards yeah that alarm clock goes off at 4 a.m well Hey, look, there's the goal. Those are the goals you're working yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. You know, shut off that alarm, get up and get moving. I love it. Deal. I love that, man. <laughs> I love that. Um, that was what I found successful for me. Do you, obviously you're around um, successful people as yeah. well. And is there anything that you found, maybe one or two intangibles that has allowed, that has separated them from mm. just your average person on the street? That's a great question. Uh, I think the biggest thing is is almost kind of this, and you can call it 
you know, some people may call it cocky, but it's almost this confidence that they expect to win. Mm-hmm. And I think what that means is, you know, and I, I, you could use like an athlete, for instance, like um, Muhammad Ali. Like when he stepped into the ring, he wasn't like, well, I hope I, I hope I do well. He was like, I'm going to knock this guy out. And I'm going to knock him out in the second round. And some people will look at that as cocky, but I think that like, you know, and I, my self-talk is very much like Muhammad Ali. Like when yeah. I walk around, I, I talk to myself like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to crush this. Even just driving here today before this, I was like, yo, you're going to deliver value. You're going to give some great advice. But you don't have to necessarily walk around and tell the world that. You can yeah. do that in a humble type of way and you can do that, you know, uh, you know, without the ego coming out. But I think the biggest thing that separates those people is is this idea of like, I'm going to win. You know, like I'm gonna figure out whatever it takes, but I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna work at it until I, you know, until I win. As opposed to like, I don't know what today holds or I hope I'm gonna do well. It's like, no, you go in and the best athletes in the world go in and they're like, I'm going to win because I expect to win. Mm-hmm. It's tough setting that uh, expectation to win, yes. um, and having that mindset that you or that view that you are going to do that. Yes. What do you do when you come across clients that don't have that? Don't innately? have that. You yeah. Know, it's just not a natural feeling for them. It, it's again, it goes back to that self-talk. It's trying to change that, and I'm really good at checking people's language mm-hmm. where somebody will say like, "Oh, well, I've never been good at." It. It's like, whoa, 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 hold on. You're like, you labeled yourself that. You know what I mean? And it's kind of yeah. removing a lot of these labels that we slap on ourselves, or I've never been fit, or I can't do pull-ups, or you know, um, I, you know, I always struggle with I'm nutrition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Things like that. Um, so it's trying to get them to that, or like, yeah. you know, you know, for instance, the same thing with personal training. It's like personal trainers you know, do it because they love it, and not because there's, they want to make a lot of money. It's like, well, hold on a second. Like, why? Why does it have to be that way? There are some personal trainers out there. Are a lot of personal trainers who are struggling because there's they have to have so many clients. Yeah. But there are some out there that are making a lot of money. So like, it's again removing that label and just saying, hold on, we may just have to take a different route. But I don't like those language of, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And also, you know, I, I try my be- – it's funny. I just said the word, but try. I don't like to say the words I try Yeah. Um, because I think it's kind of this open-ended, like, possible excuse. It's like, well, I'll try to get there. It's like you tell your friends that when you're probably not going to show up, you know. Yeah. But when you say, like, I will be there, that's a declarative commitment. And I yeah. think when you say words like that, your brain hears it and almost feels like it's already done. If I say, like, we will – finish that marathon, it's almost like we just convinced ourselves it already happened. Yeah. So it's that kind of self-talk that I think is so important. It's amazing how just shifting your vocabulary, just one Huge. or two words. I've, I've taught swim lessons now for about 10 plus years yeah. to, to little, little kids. Yeah, like yeah. Three, four, all the way up. Mm-hmm. Trying to teach them how to swim and, you know, I think little kids are the perfect yes. person or people for this. Is, I'm always met with kids that are saying, I can't. Yeah. And they're, I can't put my face under. Well, mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually we sit down and we have this conversation. We're like, hold up. I tell them, look, I have one rule. Yeah. Every time you come to see me, yeah. the words I can't, we don't say them. you throw that out the window. You don't say that. Awesome. And they're like, oh, okay. And <laughs> yeah, some of yeah, it yeah, takes yeah, a little yeah, while. It's yeah. like, it clicks. But as soon as it's... I mean, when you can shift a six-year-old's mind to be like, oh, I can't swim from here to there to, well, I'll give it a shot. Yes. Nine times out of ten. Big time. They make it. And they, they improve. I'm like, well, okay, if this if a six-year-old can do it, yeah. anyone listening out there totally. can make that shift. And it could be something as simple as 
yeah. the vocab you use. You're exactly right on that. And a lot of the I can is just because you've never tried it. You know, yeah. and I think the you know, your example is perfect. A little kid's I can't swim. Well, it's because we never really tried it. We go out there, I can't ride a bicycle. And a lot of people say that, you know, I can't do this, I can't do this. Well, I can't play piano, but it's because I've never practiced. You know, if you give me some time to practice, that's like maybe I can. You know, you just have to have that option to to go in and play. Yeah. And a huge part of that goes into this is just forming those new habits. It is. I'm sure yeah. You're always working with your clients to mm -hmm. form new habits. What are your tips on helping someone develop a new successful habit? New successful habit. First thing is you got to be very clear on what the habit is. I want to get healthy is like my worst <laughs> sentence in the world. You got to be super clear on what your goal is. And it has to be so broken down that it has to be so specific. So that's the first thing. Is figure out what habit you want to do. And a lot of people don't necessarily want the habit. They want the result that comes from the habit. And I hope that made sense to people. But a lot of people are like, oh, well, I want to start waking up in the morning. Well, you got to wake up in the morning no matter what at some point. But like, what do you want to do by waking up? Yeah. And it's by attaching that like why to it that all of a sudden makes a big difference. But the biggest thing is accountability. You have to have accountability with your goals. And like even top performers, I mean, there's a reason why they have multiple coaches in their life. Uh, it's a reason why, you know, certain things are, are, are keeping them accountable outside of their sport, inside their sport. Uh, so I just think that accountability is, you know, and another thing back to your previous question about peak performers, people who are at the highest level, mm -hmm. they look at discipline and accountability as a positive, as opposed to when we're younger, you know, if you get disciplined, it's because you got sent to your room, like yeah. it's a negative um, and being held accountable is like, well, hold on. Like, like nowadays people at their job, it's like, Hey, you, you know, you're going to report to this person. Oh, just let me do my job. They know that that accountability is going to bring out the best in them. So yeah. I think that discipline and accountability are the two places that I always start with people. And it's understand, it's getting to the point that understanding by like, hey, it doesn't have to be crazy, but a little turn of the dial, increasing our discipline, and a little bit of increase in accountability is a great place to start. I think that's super well said. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Everyone, I think, especially in this in the fitness industry, comes across those clients that are like, they are totally relying on you 100% on yes. the accountability. They're super dependable on you. Um, through your background as a personal trainer and now still coaching at Bash uh, here in Arlington, what have you noticed been the difference maker in those clients that get the results that they're after versus the ones that just kind of no matter what they start and then they inevitably fall on their face and don't yeah. reach that goal? I think it's a couple factors actually. That's a great question. I think the first one is that they understand that you know, I think the difference between training for something and just exercising is a big difference. I think checking the box is kind of like this, you know, go through the motion type process. And don't get me wrong, we all have areas, you know, times and phases of our life where that's just the best that we can do. But I think that when you understand that you're training for something, I think that's a big difference maker. The second thing is it's not just, I think these people take a much more well-rounded approach where it's not just show up to fitness because like fitness is important, but it's like, well, the fitness is now helping me. When I work out, I eat better. And when I eat better, actually, I'm making better decisions on the weekends. And when I make better decisions on the weekends, I sleep better. And all of a sudden, you see this gigantic like wellness circle come to fruition. And all of a sudden, you realize that like, you know, all we see is the person show up to classes and we're like, man, like the class must be amazing, right? Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, like, <laughs> fit, like exercise is it important. There. It starts there, but we don't see all these things that happen behind the scenes. And that's really yeah. where, you know, when I was trying to figure out, you know, this coaching, it was putting together all of these things where I made this big list of all the clients that I thought had the, mo the most uh, success and the biggest transformations. And it came down to the answer of like, 
it wasn't because I gave him the perfect amount of squats or like the best yeah. lunges. It, like it wasn't any of that. <laughs> it was that what we tapped into in the gym transformed into other areas of their life. And all of a sudden they made these gigantic transformations. I think you hit it there because it's, I mean, anyone can put in work for an hour. Totally. Out of their week. Yeah. Um, and that's honestly the downfall I feel like with a lot of personal training is just you're there for such a small such amount a of your week. Yeah. It's those habits that you have outside of the gym. Like yeah. That one workout you do um, won't really set you up if everything right. else isn't right. there. Right. And one of my favorite sayings I tell a lot of clients, you know, one workout won't make you fit or swole or whatever you yeah. want to be. Yeah. Just like missing one workout won't make you fat out exactly. of shape. And the same thing goes with your diet. You know, eating a pizza. Right. Yeah. Won't yeah. make you fat. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you do it consistently, it will. It will, of course. But eating one salad doesn't make you the same thing. It doesn't exactly. make you skinny and doesn't make you, you just got to continually hammer away at exactly. whatever it may be. Exactly. Um, if you have to give one piece of advice to someone younger than you, say either a high school athlete uh, to become either a better athlete or better person, what would that be? Better athlete or better person? Um, you can you, you answer know, them separately yeah, if you want. You know, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll go with this. I'll go with, I used to ask my, uh, the athletes that I work with, you know, especially when I work with teams, I would say, I want you to answer these three, ask yourself these three questions every time before you put your head on the bed. And, and the three questions were, one, did I get better today? And I think that's just a great question to ask yourself because you, you don't get better without putting in the work. It's not just going to happen because the day went by. You have to put in that work. So the question one was, did I get better? Question number two was, did I make somebody else better today? And as a teammate, as a player, as an athlete, you know, that athletic mindset. And, I, you know, I'm not on as many teams as I was when I was in high school, but I still try to make somebody else's day better. And maybe that's just a small compliment. So did I make somebody else's day better or did I make somebody else better today? Did I improve somebody's life? And the third thing is that I do everything in my power to uphold the reputation of myself, my school, my team, my boss, my company, whatever it may be. Um, so did I do everything in my power to uphold and improve my reputation? Um, and that's something I think is super powerful for, for young, young athletes, whether that, you know, because again, nowadays with social media and stuff, you, they have a lot more temptation than we did. You know what I mean? They can, they can unfortunately, they can blow a scholarship in a bad text or tweet. So, uh, so that's kind of like my, my mindset is every day am I working towards building the reputation that I want and did I make somebody else better and did I earn the right to get better today? I think that's great. Yeah. Um, distractions are everywhere. Everywhere. Unfortunately. Everywhere. I think um, the most common downfall in people looking for, I guess, self-help um, yeah. out there and we're just a self-help fix is the overwhelming amount of information, oh, the distractions, totally. the social media out there and trying to do too much at once. How do you help your clients prioritize and make sure they're actually improving and not getting lost in yeah. this information web that you're is totally, there? <laughs> you're totally right, man. There nowadays, I mean, as as much as Google is a great resource, it can be overwhelming. I mean, it, you can read ten pages of people claiming that this diet is the best, and then forty pages of somebody saying it's terrible. So, it is overwhelming. And so, what I try to do is I really try to almost take a step back and really limit what what we're what we're taking in. And at some point, all that information is useless. You know, if you look up all this information on, on a certain diet and I look up nothing and I don't know anything about it, if you don't put that to use and actually put the diet into use, neither of us are any better. You're no better for learning all that. Mm -hmm. So at some point, we have to take the action. And I think the action is the part that a lot of people, like, because of all the information, they freeze. 
right? They pause and they're like, well, hold on. I don't know. Maybe there's one other thing I should learn or maybe I don't know enough about it or I don't know the perfect workout so I can't get started. I'm sure you've yeah. heard that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's kind of narrowing our vision a little bit and just saying, you know, even if it's not right, I still think starting is going to let you figure it out. If I didn't know how to get, you know, to the place I need to get to, but I know the, the neighborhood it's in, I'm still not going to figure that out by standing here. I got to start to walk and all of a sudden be like, no, I don't recognize that. Or, okay, I think I'm going the right direction. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to get moving. And the same thing goes with your business and the same thing goes with running a podcast. Like you learn as you go, but some things you don't learn until you get there. Yeah. So I think for them, you know, again, first of all, you, there's a lot of resources, books, people out there, podcasts that are sharing a lot of good information. But then at some point, you know, there, there's a certain amount of information, whether it be 10%, 20%, 30%, that you can only find by doing. I think that's very well said. It's very tough. Building the foundation, I think, is always super, yes. super important, yes. often overlooked. I get people that reach out to me all the time, like, hey, what supplements should I use? Yes. Should I start taking, you know, spirulina or should I start drinking alkaline water? Right. Like, right. I'm like, how much water are you drinking now? Yeah. Are you drinking regular water <laughs> first? Yeah. yeah and they're exactly. like, oh, I drink like two bottles, two little water bottles a day. I'm like, all right, yeah. let's let's kick that up to right. what it should be, exactly. and then we can worry about totally. the specialty stuff. Totally, um, and that's usually a very fun conversation to have with people. It's so. a great. I can't. That is, you hit the nail on the head with the supplements. <laughs> I get that question a lot, but I also and, and to your point, like there are some things. There, there are some exercises in the gym that you almost need to earn the right to be able to yeah. do. You know, you can't a do a, a back <laughs> squat or a split clean and jerk until you learn how to do push-ups, right? Until you yeah. learn how to squat correctly. So the same thing goes with a lot of fitness and a lot of other things is that I think people are trying to figure out like, well, I need, you know, you know, X grams of sugar and grams of grams. Of, and I'm like, hold on a second. Like, you know, you're eating nothing but fast food right now. Like, we just need to get some fruits and yeah. vegetables in there. So... You know, like exactly like you said, I think it, a lot of times that foundation, the basics are so overlooked these days that the basics have actually become huge yeah. separators. And I see that with my high performers as well. It's amazing. I mean, you can walk into any gym these days and it's so easy to look at the people that seem to, obviously, they're know, they know what they're doing. Yeah. But if you're a beginner and you're walking into that yeah. environment and you see you're doing clean and jerks and I'm going to be like, Oh, he's in awesome shape. I need I to be able do to that. do that to mm -hmm. get in his shape, but they're not seeing the yeah. 10 previous years of, okay, I learned how to run. I exactly. learned how to just squat body weight, exactly. do body weight push-ups, and then exactly. build. Exactly. Everyone's rushing it. <laughs> Everybody's trying to rush it. And, uh, and it's funny because I'm going, to this, uh, I'm going to this event this week up in Maine, and it's a ski event. And I almost I used this analogy the other day because it just popped in my head, but it's almost like you know, if we're both going skiing and I've skied for years and you've never skied, like you would get to the top of a black diamond and be like, holy shit, I should not do this. You know, like like that you yeah. know you shouldn't do, but in the gym, there's this feeling of like, I maybe should do that. You know, like I'm yeah. not, maybe it sounds like he's doing it, I should do it. So you almost have to understand that like there's a beginning stage of everything and fitness is no different. People think like, well, we're all humans, we all can run, we all can, but yeah, there's a, there's, there is a, you know, a progression that's needed. Um, and I think that at some point, like again, when you feel like you've kind of maxed out your potential on your own, that's the time you hire a personal trainer. And it doesn't have to be for life, but you can learn so much in a handful of sessions that could help you for the rest of your yeah. life. I think the most successful people, tying back into an earlier question, are okay with that asking for help. Okay. And, reali yes. and okay realizing internally, kind of with your initial assessment. Yes. Of like, okay, yeah, I, I don't. 
I can't start there. Yes. And it's okay that I, yes. I, I'm not going to start there. Yes. I need to start here. Exactly. And I'll get there. Absolutely. But that's easier said than done. Easier said than done. <laughs> I know a lot of people want to fast forward to like the finish line, but yeah. uh, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it takes, you know, you got to start mile one. Exactly. Um, any last minute tips out there just on improving your overall mindset, getting to this peak performer mentality of how you attack every day? And it's really, I think it goes right back to our last question, is that mindset is is a muscle that you have to practice and, and work on just like anything else. You know, the same way you, you know, you're not going to run a marathon day one and you're not going to, you know, sit down and play Mozart first day on the piano. You know, mindset is something that takes constant work and it's, and it's catching yourself, you know, talking negatively about yourself or it's catching yourself, um, you know, bailing on commitments. Um, you know, you make a promise to yourself, hey, I'm going to get up and run tomorrow and you don't run. You know, there's a, there's a big win in running at night, you know, just that day. Like, hey, you bailed on the commitment in the morning, but you still followed through with the run of the day. Like, that stuff is so important. And, and I think that mindset is just something that takes a lot of work. And, you know, nowadays with meditation apps and, you know, there's books to read and podcasts. Like, there's so many ways to improve your mindset, but you have to be patient. And, it, you know, even being positive, like walking around positive all day. People are like, man, Brett, you never have a bad day. Like, it took me years to get here. Yeah. You know, as much as I want to be like, no, I was born this way. Like, it took me years to just kind of, and it's these little checkpoints all day. That's like, somebody cut me off. I'm gonna, no, that's not a big deal. Hold on, I'm gonna yeah. keep driving. Or like, hey, I bailed on this, but you know what? I actually won this one and this one. I lost the morning, but I actually won the afternoon and the evening. And it's kind of getting yourself back. But that mindset does take time, and and also surround yourself with the people that you want to become. You know, when you want to become a positive person that has a great mindset and. If you want to be healthy, you got to surround yourself with other healthy people. And it's just, you know, it, it rubs off and it's so much more powerful than we think. Yeah. And we touched on it earlier with like seeing the physical yeah. um, in shape, but the same can be said about the mental in shape. It's, it's years and years of, you know, learning what self-talk works yes. and what doesn't work. Probably. Yes. Yes. It's like, it's so easy to fake it and just be like, oh, well, like was born up yeah. in womb and I was super motivated yes. and I knew right away I was going to walk in and start motivated by Brett and I'm going to yeah. motivate you, motivate you. And no, yeah. it's like it took years yeah. and years and I touched on it earlier. You've lived it. So yeah. now you're able to, you know, yeah. help other people get there as well, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Where can these guys keep up with you? Yeah, so everything, a lot of things are motivated by Brett. My website is motivatedbybrett.com. Instagram is motivated by Brett. Uh, I believe Facebook and LinkedIn are just Brett Eaton. So nice. Yeah. Well, Brett, thanks again for the yeah, time, man. Absolutely, man. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Thank you. And hopefully, we'll have you on here again soon. I love it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Brett. He spoke on a ton of great topics. If I were you, I'd save this episode and focus on just one area of improvement for now. When you've become comfortable with that, listen back again and find the next area that you want to focus on. If you haven't done so already, send this episode to a friend, family member, or teammate who could also use a boost. Stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by following me on Instagram at Athletic Mindset Podcast. And remember, if you can change your mindset and how you think, you'll be able to change your life one thought at a time. I'll see you all next week.